Welcome to Proudly Resents, the podcast about the best movies you didn't know you wanted to see. I'm your host, Adam Spiegelman. Oh my God, I know. How you doing? It's been a while. Today I talked to Kent Osborne, the writer and star of the Uncle Kent franchise. We'll find out how this movie came to be. If you like interviews about independent film, we have some great ones in the past that we did. One with Alan Sachs, who did a film about the L.A. punk scene. Jeremy Scalar has a great story about how he made uh, direct-to-DVD action films. And Michael Williams from The Blair Witch Project. So let's go back to Ken Osborne. We started the interview. We were in his office at Adventure Time, where he's a writer for the show. Above his computer, there's a handwritten sign. And I asked him about that sign and the meeting behind it. To all you proudly resent listeners out there, just remember, you can't take that hospitality. How on your wall, it says slapstick, throwaways, absurd, and fart. What is that? Yeah, that was, um, we had a comedy summit here a few years ago. Uh, and the, it was the executives um, were having like this roundtable discussion about comedy and like what is comedy and what makes something funny. And, and they invited someone from each show to come and sort of present like a clip from the show. Uh, and so they asked me if I wanted to go and I was like, oh yeah. And then it was run, it was like something out of the office. Like it was run by an outside, you know, person was running this meeting with no all, sense of humor. Hey, he was pretty funny. I don't okay. know. Like, you know, well, everyone's funny, but there on one side were all the executives and the other side were all the creatives. And then we would present these clips and I presented a clip from adventure time. And, uh, after the clip, he's, he was like, was that a uh, successful comedy clip? And everyone was like, mm, yeah, yeah, we laughed. And he was like, what made it successful? What were some of the components? And someone said, uh, slapstick. It was slapsticky. Like the rock hit him on the head and we all laughed. And he was like, okay. And so he wrote down slapstick. And then someone said, throwaways. And he was like, Throw- what's a throwaway? And he goes, you know, it's like, it's not really a joke, but it made us laugh because of the delivery, which I'm not sure if that's what a throwaway is, but, but he wrote down throwaways. And then someone said, uh, absurdist humor. Uh, they were, they were tying ducks to their hands so that their punches wouldn't hurt and that's absurd and he's like okay <laughs> says him yeah and then uh he goes okay and he goes um are there limits to absurdity if he tied too many ducks or too few ducks would it still have been a successful component in a comedy clip <laughs> wow <laughs> like that's how and i was just like this is amazing and then we watched another clip it was someone from warner and they had the mad the mad show not mad tv but mad magazine yeah they did an uh, animated show yeah and so they did a clip called it was making fun of avatar it was called avaturd and it ended with a fart joke and so when the lights came up i was like farts farts are funny and he was like yeah yeah and he wrote fart <laughs> but then he didn't write anything else for the rest of the oh that's the actual sheet yeah yeah when the thing was over i was like can i have this <laughs> and he was like <laughs> he was like sure and so i took it down how often and, do you use that for inspiration oh every day it's uh <laughs> Yeah, anytime I'm I'm stuck or I have writer's block, I just, uh-huh. it's kind of like a cheat sheet. You just kind of <laughs> you look at it. It's the Mount Rushmore of it's one of four comedy. Yeah, it's like when you have a baby and they're crying and they're either hungry, the diapers dirty, or they're tired. Yeah, you got to remind yourself it's one of those three. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, the same thing. I like fart looks like fast. The way yeah, you know I, that's my only note on the, the guys <laughs> Let's give the writing. Guy notes. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you feel besides this great poster? I guess the answer is yes. But do you feel like you got funnier from that seminar? <laughs> <laughs> um. It was uh, it was pretty funny. <laughs> the seminar was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it just just hearing people talk about trying to like uh, retro engineer is that the word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like try to like oh, this made me laugh. Why did it make me laugh? Is there a formula? Like, what's the secret? And can I can I recreate it? Can I just do do it again? Uh huh. Um, that I mean, that's really that's funny to me. I mean, anytime someone is like, "I'm going to tell you about comedy," I'm always I always lean forward because <laughs> <I, laughs> I'm like, "This is great." Like, that's why I love Billy Crystal because he just oh. he just loves talking about the, the craft of the joke and yeah, why something worked and did, did you see what I did there? But it's all craft. It's not funny. Do you know what I mean? When you look back at his old stuff, yeah. he has the cadence and he has the, the thing, but it's not, what he's saying when he's doing the old jazz guy is not necessarily funny. Yeah, it has like the rhythm of a joke, but yeah. But I used to love, I mean, when he was on Saturday Night Live, I, I thought he was amazing. Like, he was I, brilliant. Yeah. Um, I, what The most brilliant line in uh, City Slickers when he's talking bad about. Right. And he goes, he's right behind me, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, they got a genius, but then you see that 50 more times. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with the uh, I'll have what she's having. Like, uh-huh. that's not even, it's not, first of all, it's not, everyone's just like, that is, should be in the Smithsonian. And that's right, like, right. that's the number the, one line. Yeah. That, that's the funniest thing that's ever been said in film. And it's, I remember at the time, I'm like, that's not, that's not an original joke. Uh huh. Like, I've heard that. I've heard some version of that joke before. If you're Jewish, you've said it. Yeah. That's what I feel like. <laughs> you know, like it's, but it just like, you can't even you can't even uh you can't even say oh that's not funny cuz everyone's like what are you talking about it's the funniest line in the history of film right i think no one had done that hacky no one had filmed that line i guess and I it was guess. executed well like it's She's like great. The, the meg ryan's really good in that scene uh-huh like when i saw that in the theater i was like oh this is funny you know and then but then when she's like i'll have what she's having and it cuts <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like oh! like Maybe here's what I think it might be is that people just want to see that scene again because they want to see her have an orgasm. Yeah, they want to hear it. They're sure. Like, oh, this is uh, this is funny. Let's uh, wait for that line. Yeah. That's what, but we have to watch the entire orgasm to get the joke. It'd be like if you've never seen a basketball game and you go to a game and the first thing that happens is like a, fa- a free throw, uh-huh. and then someone you know goes in like a swish. You'd be like, oh my god. Uh but then you'd want to see like real basketball. <laughs> like you, wouldn't just, you wouldn't want to just watch free throws. But then in 10 years of watching amazing basketball, you'd be like, we still got to appreciate the classics. Like that free throw, it was, it was perfect. Uh-huh. It, it, it set the, it, it like built the foundation for what basketball is built on now. Like modern basketball all started with that free throw. Well, talk about you here at your adventure time. What do you do here exactly? Oh, I'm head of story on adventure time. Uh, which means I help write the outlines that get turned into episodes, and then I storyboard sometimes, and I direct the actors. How long have you been doing that? Uh, since well, I've been on the show since season one, which was around two thousand nine. But I was doing I was uh, hired as a storyboarder, and then I started writing, and then uh, yeah, worked my way up. <laughs> I remember when it started to it the sweet like, corner office. This is great when he's <laughs> no windows, no windows. That's why it's in the corner. Yeah. Did you hear the sirens go by? Yeah, we're yeah. in Burbank, right, right across the street from a fire station. Oh, this is good for when you guys record, being right by <laughs> yeah. fire station. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. We have a recording booth in the in the studio, and uh, they were doing uh, construction on the. They were like renovating great. the studio, and of they course. wouldn't they wouldn't stop. During, yeah, we had to like. Uh, that was miserable. Anyways, nobody wants to 
care about that. People love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's all about it. So <laughs> how did how did you start doing the Uncle Kent movies? So my friend Joe Swanberg, who's a filmmaker. Hold on. Pick that up. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> uh, my close personal friend, Whoa. Joe Swanberg. Okay. I got his phone number. We text all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, I've known him for, uh, like 11, 12 years. We've been in his movies. Yeah. Yeah. We met at a film festival and then we kind of stayed in touch and I really liked his movies. The, the ones, the two that I'd seen, which were what, uh, his first movie was kissing on the mouth. Uh But then when I met him, I was at a screening of LOL, which was his second movie. And then, and I really liked it and we talked for a bit. And then afterwards he asked me to uh, be in Hannah takes the stairs, which was his third movie. And that had a lot of filmmakers were in it, and Greta Gerwig was in it. That was like one of her first things she did. Yeah, you're her, her love interest. Her first thing. I'm one of yeah. She's well, you're the last one. Yeah, yeah. She dates like three different dudes, and I'm the third dude. So and you're kind of the one who stays. Sort of. I look at it. If the movie went on for another five minutes, I, she would definitely break up with me <laughs> and date someone else. But it ended. I was. Like, it did end. Yeah. As your friend was like, oh wow, she he, she hooked up with Kent. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but but you're naked, and again. And we're naked. Back. Yeah, it wasn't I very to see your pe- sexy. I've seen your penis. We're in a bathtub. It was. Then I've seen other anyone else's penis. I think. Yeah, but it's uh, non-sexual nudity. It's just like changing. No, the other times I've seen your penis, we're also it was non- sexual. It was no, non- it's always non-sexual because yeah. you do the um, puppetry of the penis. Oh right, yeah, that's not sexual. You whip that out at parties. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've walked in a couple of rooms where you're doing it, and people are just laughing. And yeah. Funny. But uh, I don't do it so much anymore because I you hurt I, your back. I developed scar tissue. Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. From doing it, I guess so. I thought yeah. I felt a lump. I was like doing a testicle exam, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> was that a prelim to a rehearsal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just stretch, <laughs> for stretch, a show. stretching out. Yeah. The OSHA make sure they say I have to do it before each show. But I, yeah, I thought it was a lump. I talk about this in Uncle Kent actually, the, uh-huh. the first movie. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, based on a true story, I went to the doctor and I was like, is this cancer? And he said, no, that's just scar tissue. And I said, oh, okay. It's scar- It's like one of the tubes that connects your balls to your, uh-huh. going. <laughs> to your pee hole. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to leave you finish the interview. Yeah, one of the medical ter- – you know, it's not – I'm saying it wasn't the l- – l- the, was the important part. What felt like a lump wasn't on my testy. It was on like the – Another part. The tube. Yes. Where the – yeah, the the sperm highway. Yeah, please turn off the show if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so there, there felt, something felt weird there, and he felt he said that's scar tissue, and I said, oh, thank God. And then I was getting dressed, and I said, wait, how did I? How do you get scar tissue there? And he said, oh, have you been doing anything strenuous with your scrotum? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. I was just like thinking of all the cock tricks or dick dick tricks. Yeah. That involve the scrotum, like the bullfrog. You definitely. <laughs> yeah. You definitely. Or sailing away. That's, a, <laughs> that's one that's strenuous. Anyway, so I... Yeah, to hang it up, so to speak. Hang it up. We were going to call the first movie Uncle Kent Against Doctor's Orders. Because <laughs> uh, you do it one more time, but you do it very short in film. Thank yeah, you. yeah. I don't know whose call that in was. the first movie. That was Joe, Joe Swanberg. My he didn't have to keep watching him while he was editing the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, you met him, and then you you did the film. You guys clicked. What, what do you oh, think? Oh yeah, clicked so about I, you guys? yeah, we we met. Yeah, we met. We clicked, and then he he was at that time like kind of casting non traditional actors in his movies. Like the Hand Takes the Stairs had uh, Andrew Bajowski, who's a, more, primarily a filmmaker, but he also acts and Mark Duplass and T- Todd Rohal, who ended up directing Uncle Kent too, was in was in Hand Takes the Stairs, and me and Greta and uh, Rai Russo Young, who's also a filmmaker, and uh, Joe's wife. 
uh, at the time was his girlfriend, uh, Chris Swanberg is in it and Tipper Newton. And, um, and yeah, he just kind of like, he uh, was casting people that he met that he thought were interesting and kind of had them play like, uh, versions of themselves. Uh, so I wasn't really acting. I was kind of like just playing myself. I was playing like a guy who's a writer and, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard enough to do. Yeah, I had to play a guy who is like attracted to Greta Gerwig. Yeah, really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and I really liked how he worked because he you, you would sort of improvise a scene. He'd say like, "Hey, I'm gonna shoot this. You guys talk about you know, you guys shoot the breeze for a little bit, and then at a certain point, like uh, Greta, I want you to ask uh, Kent if you, if he thinks she's doing a good job at work, you know." And so you you kind of have something to go f- like you you're doing the scene and if something happens you you comment on it or you and then yeah at a certain point then you have like a a, a beat to hit uh-huh. uh, and the first time we did a scene I was like oh that was terrible but then he would cut it down and it would it would make sense and it would be it was so fun to watch because you feel like you're watching a it's like voyeuristic you feel like you're eavesdropping on someone's conversation because it's really natural uh, and he's really good he's really good at that at sort of shooting for 10 minutes and finding like a real moment and isolating that moment and then telling a story with all these little moments that he captures. And, um, yeah, I really like his, and I think now he's, he's, he still improvises with his actors, but he has, I think he has more of a, uh, a story in mind or where he wants to go and stuff. So, well, so what happened? How did uncle Kent come about? I'd been in a couple of his movies and then he was working on a movie called silver bullets that he'd been working on for like a, a year and he was trying to edit it and he was trying to like shoot new footage. And I think he was just, uh, he was like, I want, I want to just come to LA and just like f- film you for a week in your apartment. And like, we'll go, you know, it'll be about you and we'll just like, whatever happens, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, he'd read a comic that I'd written, uh, about how I met this girl who like had a boyfriend, but she came to LA and like crashed on my couch. And it was like, kind of romantic like we didn't do anything but we would like walk arm in arm to like get coffee and you know we'd stay up all night talking and you know and it seemed like it was romantic but it was also like she had a boyfriend and anyways i did this comic about that and he wanted to sort of have that be like the loosely be what the movie's about so yeah so the first movie we shot it in six days and you know he would just say what do you what would you be doing on a wednesday night and i said oh i'd be working and having a beer and like i'd probably go on the computer and like talk to people on chat roulette. Cause this was like 2009 or whatever, or 2010, whenever chat roulette came out and I was in, I'd go on chat roulette and draw people. Like that was my thing. Like, oh wow. Yeah. I'd find people and then I'd draw them and I'd hold it up and they'd all, you know, they go cool. And then I'd take a picture of them and the drawing. And, uh, cause I liked when it first started, there were people on there that would like play piano or they would, you know, just people that were like doing something. It was like really fun amongst the like 90% of like <laughs> dudes. You drew a lot of hands, a lot of, a lot of yeah. knuckles. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we ended up going to Sundance. We got into Sundance. It was like the first time Joe had had one of his films. Yeah. We went and um, IFC bought it, which was nice because we, we went and didn't have to worry about selling it or anything. And How was it to be the movie star and not, you know, not the writer, not the storyboard guy. Oh, uh, yeah, it was fun. Like I like, I like acting. I like, you know, and I'm, I'm happy with that movie. Like I watch it and I'm, there's it's a couple good. things where I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't say that, or that's weird how I said that, or that's not what I meant to say. Or, uh-huh. um, uh, yeah, there was a critic, because there's one part where we're in the movie, there's like Beethoven and Sappho. Sappho? Is that a, a writer or something? Or, uh-huh. <laughs> but I was in the movie, I went, oh, I don't get her references. 
meaning Sappho. I didn't know what Sappho was. And then some, uh-huh. there's a reviewer who's like, you don't know who Beethoven is? You're an idiot. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, well, wait, no, my character didn't know who Beethoven or Sappho. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was doing it for the, I, part. I know people, I know who. They made me look dumb in editing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. How were the reviews for that one? Uh, well, they were, it, it depends on who you ask, but the, <laughs> like the New Yorker liked it a lot. And, uh, there were some nice reviews. Uh, you know, I think everyone was saying this is like a really small, quiet little movie and uh, very low budget, but there were people that liked it. And then there were people that really hated it and like hated me and hated Joe <laughs> and like got really personal. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a guy in New York who wrote, he was, he writes for the New York times now, but he, uh, he had a blog at the time and he did a big blog entry that was just, it was like an open letter to me and it was like making fun of my hair and wow. saying I, sh- I should lose weight. And like, <laughs> oh, like, everything you fear yeah. about putting yourself out there. <laughs> yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did, how did you feel afterwards? How, like pretty bad. Well, I didn't read the review, but it kind of, yeah, it took the wind out of our sails when we were at Sundance. Cause you know, you make a movie and you like it. You just assume everyone's going to like it. And then right. someone else, someone called it a white hot mess. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Wow. That's more than Joe. That's not you. Yeah. That's his fault. <laughs> um, but you know, I think when you make something, uh, Penn Ward told me, cause I was making cat agent, uh, shorts, the, the, the one that you're in. Oh, Oh, I play Alec Baldwin. It's on this site. Yeah. Alec Baldwin's cat. Uh huh. You don't play Alec Baldwin. I play his cat. Yeah. But when I was making that, I was like, Oh, I, I I'm worried people are going to not like it. And Penn Ward was like, that's, that's totally going to happen. He's like, you're going to make something and people aren't going to like it. And people are going to make fun of it. But that's like, there's no way, there's no way to avoid that. Like no matter what you make, someone's not going to like it and make fun of you and like say that it's bad. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, but you just, you just have to like assume that even if you make something, even if you make citizen Kane or whatever, someone's going to be like, this sucks, which was pretty, I was like, yeah, you're right. So, so, is it still hurt when you read the, the shitty stuff though? Uh, just... yeah, totally. Probably. I don't know. I mean, it's nice if there's people that like it too. But... Yeah, of course. There's people <laughs> like it. Yeah. 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 Um, but it's always like the, the bad thing is the thing you always like pick up, you know? Yeah. But yeah. And because it's like, yeah, it's me playing a version of myself and it's autobiographical. And that, so then it feels like really personal. If someone, well, it's like, not like that guy just got personal. Like he, yeah. Did you push him in third grade or something? I don't know. No, he hated Joe. The only reason I knew who this guy was is because I Google searched my name once and uh-huh. it brought up a review of Hannah Takes the Stairs. And I'm going through this review and I'm like, oh, he really didn't like it. And then all of a sudden there's a huge picture of me, like an unflattering screen grab. And he was like, I want to do violence to this guy's face. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And did, did you write this guy? Uh, I, we had a little flame war on Twitter uh, because someone. He he fights with a lot of people, and someone else was like, uh, "I hope he I hope he gets the medical help he needs or something." Like making fun of his mental health, and I favorited that tweet. Yeah, and then he got he was like, "Hey, say it to my face, i.e. my handle," and he like called me a no talent never was. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and so then I was like, uh, so he was mad at me for like subtweeting him basically, right? Right. Even though I didn't I didn't know what to do, I was like, you I didn't just write I favorited it. a tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, supposed to send what you about the other guy the telegram you? like uh what's that the the guy who actually wrote the tweet oh yeah like the big you know like when there's a bigger yeah, guy yeah. and you pick a right, little right. guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bug's what yeah. yeah uh you 
Um, but then I, so I found it, I found like five tweets where he had said my name and didn't use my Twitter handle. Uh-huh. So I screen grabbed that and said, Oh, you mean like this? And then he went touche. I don't know whether to feel sorry for all the time you have or oh, compliment Jesus. you on your memory. <laughs> and then I went, uh, that took three seconds. Like I Google searched our yeah. <laughs> and then he went, I choose to believe you. And then I went snore. Like I went Z Z Z. And then he <laughs> went, Oh snap. At least I'm not going to die alone and unloved with my dick in my hand Jesus. on chat roulette. And then I said, is that because you're going to be on Omegle, which is like the poor man's chat roulette? <laughs> and then he said, I'm going to be as far away from you as possible starting right now. And that was like four years ago. But now he's reviewing Uncle Kent 2 for the New York Times. And what happened? <laughs> and we don't know. We just know he reviewed it. Oh, all right. But it hasn't come out in New York yet. So when it comes out, it'll come out. And oh, I'm, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to hate it. I should call him and, and do a show with him. Uh, you don't want to no, go through it? No. He's, there's, it's weird. It's weird having a nemesis. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you know what happened with me without saying what our mutual friend who, oh, sure, yeah. who wanted to yeah. Who said one, he was going to lose weight, learn karate, and then beat me up. Sure. So I wrote, you're never going to lose weight, so I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird to know there's someone who hates you. I got uh, an email. I don't know if it's from him or another guy uh-huh. where it was like uh, they sent the – they forwarded a USA Today article about a guy who went into the office and shot everybody. And they addressed it to me wow. and called me Jew, bag, blah, blah, blah. Oh, that wow. Was my- and it was anonymous? It was anonymous. You don't so know where it came from. Yeah. It either came from one of those two guys. Yeah. Uh, the guy we were talking about or a guy who pitched to be on um, Kimmel when I went there. Oh. And I said no. And somebody got my personal email. And for he just stopped. I don't know when I'm going to start him again. But for about 11 years, he's been emailing me threats. and Jesus. Yeah. And telling me. And so I finally said, okay, we'll book your dumb band. <laughs> I haven't worked at Kimmel in 10 years. Yeah. And he's like, no, screw you. I was like, ah, what can I do to get you yeah. to stop? Yeah. And I, I I used to engage him for a while, and then I stopped engaging him. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he might start tomorrow, but he hasn't done it in about six months. I started a fake Twitter account uh-huh. where I would just retweet. He would always, like, threaten to punch people in the face. <laughs> this writer? Yeah. He's, like, a big bully. He's, like, 57. Uh-huh. And he lives in Brooklyn, and he like he's always bragging about how he took boxing lessons from a Golden Gloves <laughs> That's champ. That's so great. And he'll he'll, like... Just he'll threaten people. He'll be like, I'm going to punch you in the nose. Say that again. I'll punch you in the face. That guy deserves a punch in the face. Uh, you know, saying stuff like you're, you're a pussy. You're, you're chicken shit. Like I am not afraid of jail time. And so I just started this page where I would, I found like an unflattering picture of him. And then I just (laughs) would retweet anytime he said that. So if you read the feed, it just, it's not, he sounds like a lunatic. And also he, he tweets like a hundred tweets a day. Like he's constantly tweeting and, Uh uh, having conversations with people so when you look at his feed you know you gotta you gotta find these little nuggets oh because he does so much yeah you just so google the word punch yeah so it, well no i just i was i was obsessed with him and i was like uh, like refreshing every hour to like wow monitor and so anytime i saw one i'm like yeah he's fighting with someone and then i would retweet it and then he figured out it was me somehow he he responded to the the anonymous account and uh-huh. he was like hey kent and i was like <laughs> i was like no <laughs> So that that took the fun out of that. But, yeah, yeah. So you had to stop doing that. Yeah, he was threatening to punch uh, Jaden Smith. Who's that? <laughs> Will Smith's. Son. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like making fun of him or his movie, and someone said, be, "Better be careful. He's going to be eighteen soon." And this guy went, "I'm not afraid of him. Like t- I, I, t- I tell him to bring it. I was a Golden Gloves. I trained with a Golden Gloves champ." 
I love the fact I, I was thrown that it really was Jaden Smith, like the teenage. Yeah, movie he was. Star. He was like telling everyone, "I'm not afraid of a teenager." <laughs> <laughs> Whose dad is the most liked person in the world? Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. He's a ah, this guy's such a jerk. You don't want to say his name. I'll say his name is Glenn Kenny. Glenn anyway. Kenny, and he doesn't like to be called Glenny. <laughs> what you've learned I've the found, hard way. I found that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he got in a fight with like, uh, uh, who's the guy from the Guardian who broke the Snowden story? Uh, Glenn Greenwald. Uh huh. He got in a fight with him. They got in a fight about Zero Dark Thirty, and and Glenn Kenny was like just trying to sick his followers on him, or just like it was really dumb. And the guy, the guy was just like, "What are you doing?" And then he kind of said, "All right, we're frenemies now." <laughs> Oh, he just wants the attention. Yeah. Yeah, he wants people to. Oh, and he's always too. Yeah, when people, like, he'll have a meltdown and then his friends will, all, I think, have an intervention. And, and then he'll kind of say, This is just my Twitter personality. This is my Twitter character. Like, I'm doing a character. Right. I'm really nice in person. And, anyways, I don't, whatever. You can cut all this. You use most of your interview about you to talk about this. <laughs> to lunatic. talk about this guy that I'm totally over. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah, you're totally over well, it. Well, I kind of made the sequel for him. Like, because I. How's that? Well, he. He told me to lose weight, so I did. In the mm-hmm. sequel, I'm not driving a car; I'm riding a bike. Mm-hmm. And he told me to get a better, better haircut, and I did. Uh-huh. Got a really nice cut. That was, that was like a twelve dollar haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like, like Sweeney Todd's barbershop. Uh huh. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. yeah um, gr- no Groupon. He paid full price. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, he, uh, oh, he, he screen. He posted a picture of him and his cat, and me and my cat, to show that we were a lot alike. And it wasn't creepy at all. <laughs> um, but I think one of the things he was trying to tell me was that his cat was dead. So I killed my cat so that we both have dead cats. Because I, I think that's what he wanted me to do. To kill your cat? Yeah. That's... I think that's what his review was trying to tell me, to kill my cat. So I did. Because of him? Yeah. In the movie? In the sequel? No, no, in cat. real life. I had my cat euthanized because I said, well, Glenn Kenny wants me to kill my cat. It's pretty clear. And when you said that, the doctor said, who, Glenn Kenny? <laughs> Oh, let's do, let's get this right away. Yeah. Why didn't you say so? Yeah, yeah. Eight, this is a stat. Let's get um, this. No, my cat died of cancer. <laughs> I didn't kill it. <laughs> cancer killed it. But but then I was like, oh, maybe really, Glenn Kenny will like me now so. that my cat's dead. And what happened? Did you write him like, hey, everything's cool. My cat's dead. Yeah. Uh, no, I made the mo- I made this movie. The se- so I'm hoping, like, I made it for him. So I'm hoping he'll he, he'll like it. Well, the scene where you're your stomach your stomach dancing, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Uh, the opening credits is that for him? Was that yes. him in mind? Yeah, because <laughs> he's got to look at your stomach. Yeah, he was also. T- I could tell that I was reading between the lines, and he wanted more uh, uh, torso nudity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and since you, you had to retire yeah. the uh, puppetry of the penis, you, yeah, you're yeah. just going to get more. Up yeah, top. he was like, "Stop doing puppetry of the penis." So I was doing. I was moving my boobs. <laughs> Yeah, you're a little boob Oh, he's told me to get, he said, get, get rid of your friend Joe. Don't be friends with Joe. So I got someone else to direct it. Like you I was did. doing everything he told me. No, well, how did that happen? So the first 12 minutes is re- directed by Joe Swanberg. Yeah. And he's actually in it telling you that he doesn't want to do the movie. Yeah, yeah. So how is that, how much of that is true? And Yeah, that's pretty true. Like with the, we we're going to do a sequel and then he was kind of, he was, you know, before it was really a serious thing, he was, he was into it. He was like, yeah, I'm on board. And then, like a year went by and he said, Hey, we're really thinking about doing this. And he said, um, I, I, I don't, um, you should make it with someone else. Like he was like, I have other stuff that I'm doing. And so I can't really, I'm not available to make it. I don't have three days to make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but he was like, you know, you should make it with someone else. And then, 
And then I think I pitched him the idea. I said, what if the opening scene is me pitching you the movie and you saying no? And he's like, yeah, that's great. I'll do that. And I was like, would you direct it too? And he's like, sure. Why did you want him to direct it? Oh, just so it would start. You would think it's like a, a Joe Swanberg, Joe Swanberg movie. movie and then it turns into something else. Yeah. It's a great idea I had. It was great. <laughs> um, um, but, but yeah. Oh, and then, you know, he, then he was like kind of saying that he didn't like sequels and he didn't. Um, that's all true. Yeah. 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 Uh, so how did that even come back? It started as a joke. Yeah, I was kind of joking about it. Like, we're going to make a sequel and then... Uh, to a small movie that a few people... Yeah, like, I thought that was a really funny idea. And then I took a train trip and I was kind of telling my train stories and, and people were like, oh, you sh- that should be the sequel. Like, it's Uncle Cat 2 on the right track. Uh-huh. It all takes place on a train. And we were trying to... We were going to do that for a while. Like, I started writing this story and... Uh, uh, but then someone's like, aren't trains noisy? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so then we scrapped that. And then I had another idea that it was takes place during the apocalypse. And then. Yeah, why that? Oh, I don't know. I just I was writing all these d- different ideas of like how it could be different from the first one. And I thought it'd be funny if, if, if it was like a like a Joe Swanberg movie about this guy like living in the apocalypse, but he's still like smoking pot and trying to get laid. And I just thought it'd be kind of funny. Uh and uh, yeah and then so i was developing that but that my cat was playing a big part in it like i was gonna have to i run out of cat food and i go outside to like find cat food and i meet some other people and uh but then my cat died so then i was like Ugh. and then who's gonna play your cat exactly i didn't yeah. want to get another cat uh that'd be the review like obviously yeah this new cat is not up to right bar. they couldn't get up it's up like to back her. to the future too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your cat's suing from the grave yeah using your likeness <laughs> But yeah, and then and then these guys from Lodger, these producers who had this production house, uh, they were fans of the movie, and they were going to Comic Con, and I was going to Comic Con, and they said, "Hey, we should just we should film stuff at Comic Con and make a movie like we can set it at Comic Con." And and so that and uh, and then that's when I asked Todd if he'd want to direct, and and that's when I yeah came up with the story that turned into the movie. So yeah, in Comic Con, you're at a panel for Adventure Time in yeah. real life. Yeah, we shot it and just kind of used the footage where it's not. We just made it look like I was on a, a panel, like it's kind of generic. Mm-hmm. You know, we tried to like avoid showing like logos and yeah, saying stuff and making it obvious. Uh, uh, so yeah, I think if you watch the movie, you wouldn't even necessarily know. Uh, you just see me on this panel and you'd be like, oh, he's doing a panel, you know? And right. And I was acting like I had a headache. So it's like, oh, he's on a panel and he's got a headache. <laughs> yeah. Were people like, why is this guy on? Oh, this is, why does the writer have a headache? Oh, yeah. Well, I waited till the people were asking questions. And so when someone asked, that's when I would, I would act while someone was asking a question because everyone looks at the people oh, okay. asking the question. Yeah. And you had the girl in the cat agent costume who made, that was an amazing best part of the, probably all the budget went to that. I'm oh, guessing. thanks. Yeah. That was expensive. Uh-huh. Uh, I got to forget her name, the woman who made it, but she's, yeah, she's so talented and I'll never forget her. <laughs> No, the, uh, she made a real impression. Yeah, the Lodger yeah, yeah. guys uh, found her, and yeah, we did. We had a couple meetings where we we're like talking. Originally, I wanted it to be this huge, like go all the way down to her feet. There's this big, like, uh, like uh, bulky costume. But they, the Lodger guys, were like, "No, it should, should see her legs. It should be sexy." <laughs> so, right. It was sexy. It was like yeah, real so cosplay. Compromised and made it their thing. <laughs> oh, so you still don't think it's even that? No, I mean, I think it's better because she's, it's still pretty bulky. and but It's it, it, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it'd be funny if it just went all the way to her ankles. <laughs> she's just <laughs> kind of walking around like, uh, but anyways. Uh, Did you get in run any trouble trying to shoot at Comic-Con? No, no. There's so many people there and everyone's got a camera and we just, we sort of, you know, 
kept our heads down and like just we didn't we had permission to shoot uh you know you could you could we had a friends of us uh, friends of ours had a booth so we shot from their booth and they the people at comic-con just said you can't go out can't block traffic you can't go in the lane you, you know you can mm-hmm. you can shoot uh from your booth and um yeah and we were kind of shooting like we shot a little bit on the floor but we mostly shot like around the like in the hotels and stuff and uh just kind of going around stealing footage and and the last scene is that for this uh kenny lenny guy where you're just masturbating and people walk in yeah, and out yeah, of your room. Yeah, I wanted to trick Kenny Glenny <laughs> to watching me masturbate for five minutes. It's like it's dream. a finale of you masturbating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, spoiler alert. Uh, Who's listening to this? They're gonna if they're gonna watch it, they're gonna watch it. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. waiting for it. Yeah. Um. Well, how did that come about? Why Why did you want to end with uh? It, it's almost like a, a Busby Berkeley musical scene. Yeah. But is you jerking off? Yeah. I guess I always think about, I have philosophical questions about, oh, if the world was ending and you had five minutes to live, like I probably would just, I would t- turn off the lights, and just get naked. Uh, Cause that's the funnest thing about being alive. <laughs> I don't know what else, what else would you do? You'd be like, I have five minutes left. You can't go make a good meal. No. <laughs> My daughter's like, where's daddy? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't have a daughter. No, but I would think now that if I had a family, it, I would, yeah, well, I don't know. I'd spend five minutes with my family, but I'd spend two and a half minutes with my family. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I told Todd, I was like, I think I want it to end with me like alone and masturbating. And he was like, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great sport! Yeah, but uh, then he kind of came up with the idea of uh, everyone coming in the room and it getting really weird. And, and there's like, some great cameos you don't want to give yeah, that away. Yeah. Is that yeah, get a lot yeah. of cameos. Wait, you guys, where did you guys shoot that? We shot that there was a, a soundstage downtown called DC Stages uh, that had it was like a big warehouse and it had like a jail and a hospital and a hotel room and a bar and a, like a, but they were all like from like procedural cop shows from the eighties like uh-huh. it was like the these sets were so old and like nothing like oh the, I think it was from Cagney and Lacey right yeah 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 I've seen that yeah Chris Gore used to live right next door to oh really it. so I walked to his house and you see like you see all those cop stations yeah you. But it, and it looks good, but then you start looking at the doors and there's no doorknobs and there's like little things are wrong and things are uh-huh. falling apart. And so we were kind of having to shoot around stuff. For my job, we shot a commercial on the Warner Brothers lot mm-hmm. on the on a street with all these houses, and yeah. including the Growing Pains house. And, uh-huh. um, is that where the American Beauty house is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Boss Hogg's house is there. Oh, wow. And so we shot there. And when I went to Scout, there weren't any doorknobs. And the place was a wreck. We had yeah. to clean it up, and then the grass is overgrown. It's like, well, you got to pay greenery to do that. Oh, wow. And yeah, they, they don't want to keep it up. They don't want to keep it up, but yeah. then they rent to it for a shitload of money. And they make you pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And then they have this really cool thing. There's, like, bushes on the side that you can move to block yeah. the, the the parking lot. And so we wanted to move it. We couldn't touch it. You had to hire greenery. Oh, wow. And then we had we want, needed a woman to come out of her house and her hair to flow. Yeah. So we needed a giant fan. Yeah. We had that's considered a special effect, and we had to hire a special effects guy for eight hours to do that one shot. <laughs> so she just ended up opening the doors really fast, and the wind blew her hair. But nice, yeah. Anyway, let's that's go back a to creative solution to a problem. Yeah, it would have cost us a couple grand. Yeah, for one shot. Wow, special effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like when I watch Star Wars, that's my favorite part is when like their hair's their hair is blowing. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I don't want to, oh, it's a fan. I didn't want to ruin that for everyone home. Yeah, you're ruining it. (laughs) I'm sorry.
Hi, I'm John Water. Yeah, hi, this is Dolph Lundgren. Hi, I'm Lance Henriksen. Hi, this is Keith Gordon. Robert Kuhn. Miguel Ferrer. This is Nancy Allen. Robert Davi. Richard Elfman. Ileana Douglas. Patrick Warburton. Dwing Hauser. Cliff DeYoung. Steve Railsback. Mr. D. William Cass. If you haven't been listening to the Projection Booth podcast, you're missing out. Each week, the Projection Booth brings you in-depth discussions of some of the most interesting movies ever made. I'm Mike White. No, the other one. I'm the guy who wrote the film fanzine Cashiers to Cinemart since 1994. Since early 2011, I've been co-hosting the Projection Booth podcast. Try us, won't you? I never try anything. I just do it. Visit the Projection Booth at projection-booth.com. And proudly resents. We proudly resent some of our favorite good bad movies with great comedians and interviews with the people who made them, like Lloyd Kaufman from Trauma Films. Let's say you want to crush a head like Toxic Avenger. You take a cantaloupe, carve out the inside, then you put in hamburger mixed with cranberry sauce, then you put a wig on the cantaloupe and paint a little happy face. Bingo, it's how we crush the head. For more interviews and reviews, check out Proudly Resents on Stitcher, iTunes, and ProudlyResents.com. When you're riding your bike in the hazmat suit, was that a tribute to your cat? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that Penn Ward did all that animation, and uh, so yeah, I was just thinking like my dream would be at that point in the movie I'd been talking about like the apocalypse and talking about my cat, so my dream was like kind of having cats and apocalypse imagery. Yeah, how did you get him it's, to do it? It's so it, smart. It's you got so, a lot of great people working on this film. Yeah, I just I asked him. He, uh, I was like, hey man, would you wanna? And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, and he's like, wait, what were you going to ask me? <laughs> and I said, oh, I was going to ask if you wanted to do animation for Uncle Ken too. And he said, oh, yeah, sure. I think he, th- I don't know what he thought I was going to ask him. Like but a ride to the airport? Or, or, or ask him to, I don't know. It, it, Cause that's such a big thing to ask. I, I think he was worried I was going to ask him some, something else, some sort of other favor. Like, do you want to go with me to a signing or I don't know. Like who knows what, uh, yeah, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, he liked Uncle Ken a lot and, uh, and so, yeah, he was, he did so much work on it. I felt really bad. I didn't think it was going to be so much work. He, he also helped, uh, he edited the opening scene cause Joe was a little busy and couldn't edit uh-huh. all the stuff he shot. So yeah, Penn kind of went through and like assembled all that footage. So what's some of the things that he's done for people who don't know Penn Ward? Penn Ward. Oh, he created Adventure Time. Uh huh. It's no not, big deal. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Peabody award winning. No big thing. I Emmy. see it on your wall. Yeah. That's amazing. It's Peabody. That's worth it. Can you hear it? Yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> Sounds like class. <laughs> when did you guys win the Peabody? A couple of years ago. Uh huh. Well, not the last Peabody's, but the Peabody's before. Do you think you did something in particular to get it? Have you tried? I don't to know. I don't. I'm, I think they just they know. I was looking at past winners, and it's always like really like it's serious journalism and right. really like important. Uh, like documentaries and like news programs and like it's all it's all about but then there's always like and Frasier they always have something in there to like lighten the mood like we were there and uh, Amy Schumer had won uh-huh. won a Peabody that year but yeah mostly it was like yeah Neil deGrasse Tyson and Radio Lab and yeah CNN documentaries about Chinese like you know the human slaves no, like just horrible awful things that are going on in the world and we're just, yeah, we're there like, what are we doing? Why are we here? You guys are wearing dressed crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Sneakers. Drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Best part of the Peabody's open yeah. bar. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> they had Lagunitas beer. It was great. 
but it was nice to meet. We met um, people from Radio Lab, and they they liked Adventure Time. So, yeah, I think they just they want to give it to a couple. Like they it seems like they always give it to a kids show. But I guess they they try to like they'll they'll write a little thing about it and say oh because of this particular episode or that's this, great yeah these episodes like showed this in a in a uh, I, I shouldn't do you it, will it lessen it. your award when I win one for the commercial I did where the woman's hair flows for no money yeah it would lessen your thing if you won the same if you won the Peabody yes thing? yeah totally question. oh yeah. my god yeah yeah all right okay. I would throw mine away <laughs> you would yeah all right well let's wait to what is it next spring yeah yeah all right <laughs> when the announcements come out. Low I mean, I'm, I love you. I'm rooting for you. I hope. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. But you would be bummed. <laughs> totally. <laughs> You're saying you did, that before you saw the you commercial. You didn't even use a real fan. No, that's what I'm saying. I think that's. I think that helps the world. You should get like the we're too cheap award. No, we, we help the environment. We innovated. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I should win. I'm calling him. You know, when a door opens on a Warner Brothers set halfway around the world, it causes a tsunami. That's my speech. Thank you for that. Good night. Thank Good you. Good night. That's amazing. I can't wait. For, I can't wait to win. That's all I can think about right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is winning the award. So you opened. You put it in. Uh, in the theater here. Yeah. What was? What was put the it in the theater. At Los Feliz Three. Yeah, for a week. Yeah. How did that come about? Uh, we were looking for a place to screen it, and they, we, they, I, the producer set that up. I'm not sure. Uh huh. Gareth. Uh, no, uh, no, it was uh, the guys from Lodger. Oh, okay. Uh, How was that to see? And I, I put a picture up on the website yeah. of, of of your poster in with the other posters. Yeah, it was crazy. It was amazing because uh, uh-huh. it was a it was don't think twice and hell or high water melon. No, hell or high water. Right. That's hell or high water melons of beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was Very us. It was Uncle Kent too on the marquee. Yeah, and someone on Twitter, you can find it. Someone said, "What is Uncle Kent too? This is a fake movie." <laughs> kind of, which it's what it looked like. It did, it it did, did. look like they were like, "Oh, they must be filming something." Right, right, right. They're going in to see Uncle Kent too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This fictitious movie. But, but did yeah. you get any random people that saw it? Yeah, yeah. There were people that just were like, "Oh, I live in the neighborhood, and I did I, that looked interesting," and they uh-huh. just they went in and yeah. That's great. I used to do that. So it's so funny to see that. But I used to live in. There used to be a two dollar movie theater and they show art films and yeah. I would just walk in there. Yeah. It's kinda nice to see a movie you don't know anything about. Yeah, sometimes you get a great film. Yeah. So will there be an Uncle Ken three and what do you think? Uh there's no plans yet, but I, I I talk about it in the abstract. Uh uh-huh. what would you want it to be? I don't know. I I guess the I'd world want it, is over. Yeah, I'd want it to be different than the, well, the second movie was aware that there was a first movie, so then is the third movie aware of the second movie or is it aware of the first? Like it could go in so many different directions. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Part of me, uh, I don't know. I had an idea that it would be a documentary about me trying to do a stage musical of uncle Kent too. Great. Really? Yeah. That I think is a better, that's oh. a better way to go. Okay. Cause the other one, it feels like, to be honest, like you're straining for a movie. That is a movie what? right there. <laughs> no, the third, the third movie, if oh, you're like, right, right. uh, maybe I'll do, and then I'll do a scene with a thing and a guy. Yeah. But the other thing is like a documentary, what real or not documentary. Yeah. Well, I would want it to be real. I'd want to rent a, a theater and then actually try to put on, like write a musical and try to put it on and then have, just have a real documentary crew, like film it. Oh, that's so great. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. you heard it here for you heard it here first. You should definitely folks. do it. And, oh, so this movie has a novelization. Yes. Okay. No, who wrote that? Uh, L.P. Eaves. And how did that come about? Uh, he had written something from McSweeney's uh, called uh, "Jungle Geronimo and Gay Perry." Uh, L.P. Eaves, you can look him up. He's he's kind of a he uh, wrote all these uh, boys' adventure stories. 
uh, among other things. But uh, yeah, we had we had a little money, and Todd had this idea of a novelization because he he likes novelizations and movie tie-ins and stuff. And so yeah, we just approached LP and uh, we were like, hey, would you want to? Uh, have you heard of Uncle Cantu? And he had he had seen it. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. And so then, yeah, he, he wrote it in like four days and it's great. It's better than the movie. And I love the movie. <laughs> You're in the movie. I'm in the, the movie. You yeah. wrote it. I couldn't love the movie more, but I'd lo- but the novelization is better. Can people can still get that? Is that yeah, cool? you can order it from the Factory 25 website. It's eight bucks and you get a free download of the movie too. So it's a really good deal. But it has like uh, black and white pictures in it. It um, looks so old school, like the old. Uh, yeah, it's the real deal. And you gave it to a famous person the night of your uh, screening. Did I? It's a very famous person walked in the comic book store you're doing. Sign oh, Polly Shore. Yes. Yeah. I foisted one on Polly Shore. He came in. Yeah, we were doing a signing uh, at Secret Headquarters in L.A. And he kind of wandered in because I guess he lives in the neighborhood. And he was with his girlfriend. And they were, he was kind of like looking at us. And I thought maybe he was going to start talking to us. And then he turned around to leave. And I went, no, wait. I was like, Polly. <laughs> and then he came back. And he's like, what, what's going on? What are you doing? And we're like, oh, this is a novelization of a, a movie that's just a sequel about me. And and he was like, I don't – is this – I can't tell. Is this real? I can't tell. He's like, I'm so cynical. Or he said, I'm so jaded. I'm so jaded. I don't know. Is this a real thing? And then we signed it and gave it to him and he put it in his fanny pack. And then, but I, <laughs> that's the best part of the story. Yeah. So there's yeah, a picture a of pack. it on my Instagram. If you go back, you can find it. What is yeah. your Instagram? How do people find oh, it? Oh, my Instagram is blogsby, B L O G S B I E. Uh huh. Blogsby. Blogsby. And uh, are you Twitter, Facebook? Oh, Twitter is Kent is Awesome. Uh huh. <laughs> when I got in the flame war with Glenny Kenny, <laughs> that was the best part is every time he responded to me, it would start with Ken is awesome. <laughs> uh, it's the little things. Is there anything else you wanted to promote that you have out? Oh, uh, it's a adventure time in uncle Ken too, that yeah. would there, there'll be a link to get the book in the movie. Okay. On yeah. Our website yeah, and cat agent on YouTube. Yeah. The cat agent that I'm in. Thank you. For episode eight is on um, episode eight. That's on the, the website a- as well. Alec Baldwin's cat. Yeah. Can I do it funny that when I started the podcast a hundred years ago, I was like, oh, I would, one of my goals is because I heard, um, Patton Oswalt got the part of Ratatouille because the director heard him on the radio talking about food and he thought he was so passionate about food. Oh, wow. That he had to play the rat. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that would be great if something like that happened. Yeah. And you said, even though we're friends, you heard my podcast. And oh, like, yeah, yeah. He could be on my, he should yeah. be on Cottage. Yeah. You got a great voice. So it worked <laughs> in my world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's your ratatouille. That's my ratatouille. Yeah, yeah. Cat agent. It's close enough. Played a cat. Yeah. Famous cat. Thank you very much, Ken. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Good to shake hands. It was official. Yep. All right. Bye. I love. Adam, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview. Thanks for listening to Proudly Resents. Make a comment or suggest a film at reachadam at mac.com or on our comment line. You ready? Get a pencil. <laughs> I'll wait. Okay. Got one? Okay. 646-481-5476. Keep it clean and short. We might air it. Join us on Facebook or be old school and go to our website. 
ProudlyResents.com. If you like the show, put the episode up on your Twitter, Facebook, stumble upon, dig, you know, all those things. Tell a friend, I'm Eddie Pepitone, and my Twitter account is at Eddie Pepitone. All right, you want to test? Uh, yeah, testing, testing. This is Ken Osborne good. coming at you live. So I might be looking down. I'm just checking levels. I'm not sure. Uh, sure. I'm not judging you. So another funny story I have is uh, this one time I was uh, shitting into a fan. Wait, wait. Hold <laughs> <laughs> that story. Oh, yeah. We're here with Proudly Resents. Adam speaking. I'm here with Ken Osborne, who once shit in a fan. That's why you're here. Yeah. Thanks it was a, a fan of Uncle Kent. <laughs> You took no, shit no. on all of I'm us just, for the no, second movie. I'm kidding. It was a box fan. It was like a oh, a, like an old metal one. <laughs> and uh, what happened? It was crazy. It went everywhere. It missed me completely. It went all around. It hit everyone else? Yeah, but I was like in that sweet spot. <laughs> Who else? Where were you? <laughs> uh, I was at a, um, a magic show. It was like a ce- <laughs> celebrity magic show. Uh-huh. Um, who was this? Uh, Aiden Quinn? Is uh-huh. that how you say his name? A- yeah, sure. Aiden Quinn. Yeah, he was doing ma- magic for charity, or okay, yeah. And uh, no, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that is, is that a true story? No, it's not. Oh, fantastic! Um, I'm glad we started that. I'm a. I make stuff up for a living. I'm a writer. <laughs> <laughs>